Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stan the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the Bat Around. Guys, take it away. Good morning. Welcome to the Bat Around. Obviously, I am not Stan the Fan Charles. I am also not Craig Heiss, but I'm happier about that than the Stan part. I am Ken Zalis, or KZ, and uh, if you've been paying attention, I have been the one that is sitting in all week for everybody that has decided that this was a good week for vacation. Uh... Brittany is here, as she is every Saturday. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am wonderful. Uh, you know, I picked the right week to uh, to guest host this show because there's actually things to talk about other than the Orioles' terrific play on the baseball diamond. And as everybody who follows the Orioles should know by now, uh, Manny Machado was traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers for five minor league prospects, uh, four of which reported to Bowie Bay Sox. And we're going to talk to uh, Adam Pohl, who is the voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, at 11.15 today. Uh, they played their first game yesterday, uh, mixed results. With that, uh, but the Bowie Bay Sox have a couple of great uh, promotions coming up today and tomorrow. Hopefully, the weather will uh, cooperate with them because they're 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 fabulous uh, promotions, and we'll go through that uh, at ten forty-five. We're also going to talk to uh, Mike Shalin, I think Shallon. it's Shalin from the uh, New Hampshire Union Leader. Uh, the next series that. Uh, the Orioles will play after today and tomorrow in Toronto is with the Boston Red Sox, the first place Boston Red Sox, who uh, have some issues of their own with their starting pitching all of a sudden. Maybe they're going to make a, a, a couple of moves here and there as uh, as we go along. Maybe they take a look at someone like a Zach Britton uh, is a possibility and probably the next chip to fall as far as the Orioles go in their now official, because Dan Duquette said so, rebuilding process, uh, something that many Oriole fans have wanted them to do for a long time. But also many Oriole fans forget that on August 30th, 31st last year, they were in the wild card hunt and they were playing good baseball and they were overachieving. And then, you know. Then the season happened. Well, then September happened, uh, historically one of the worst months in the history of the Oriole organization. And uh, this season happened where uh, they thought that they had the pieces to make one last run. You always think you have the pieces to make one last run, and it didn't work out. And um, I, for one, am sort of happy. I don't know if you've ever heard me speak on this season. Um, I'm, I'm glad they're historically bad. 
because I think if they were not historically bad, the attitude of the organization has always been, well, we can still make a run. So if they were even 10 games within the wild card, I was fearful that the Orioles would not do what they just did, which is trade Manny Machado and maybe settle for a draft pick for him. So the fact that they are this bad kind of took that decision away from people that have been making decisions like last year where many Oriole fans thought, oh, we're not really in it. We're playing above our head. We're, we're about to see what we did finally see. But they added at the trade deadline last year, and, and they brought in, a, uh, I believe, um, Mark Hellickson uh, at the starting rotation, and, and they brought in a, a Beckham um, who played really well originally. But then it just didn't work out. But we could sit here and we can talk all day about Manny Machado and the prospects that they got in return. But that would be silly because I would just be repeating what I've read and what I've heard. And on Glenn Clark Radio, I believe on either Thursday or Friday, we talked to uh, Jim Callis, who is the senior writer for MLB Pipeline at MLB.com. And he does this for a living, and he tracks prospects, and they rank prospects. And he broke it down for us. Um, And we'd like you to uh, give a listen to this. And uh, when we come back, we will uh, get Stan the Fan on and hear his views. But here is Jim Callis from uh, MLB Pipeline on the Manny Machado trade. Joining us now, uh, I had mistakenly said that he is with Baseball America because, well, Google lied to me, but we got that fixed. It's MLBPipeline.com. It's the senior writer for MLBPipeline.com and LB.com's version of their scouting as they release their top 100 through that. Jim Callis joins the show this morning to help us make sense of the Manny Machado trade as well as chat a little bit about some of the guys who have been in the Orioles system Jim, thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. Apologies for messing up your title, and uh, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. I, you know, I was at Baseball America for almost 25 years, so uh, no, no, no problem there. In fact, uh, my my friend, my people I used to work with, BA gave me a hard time because my first year, uh, my first College World Series, I was with MLB Pipeline in 2014. You're supposed to identify yourself and do your media affiliation when you ask a question. And um, I announced to myself, as, introduced myself as Jim Callis from Baseball America. So I, I still have to catch myself from time to time, too. Well, I suppose if you've made the mistake, it makes me feel a little bit better about me making it. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, no problem. Uh, thank you for taking the time for us this morning. As you can imagine, there is a lot to discuss in Baltimore on the prospect front uh Manny Machado he was pretty good he got five players in return for only two and a half or three months of his service um how happy should Orioles fans be with what the Orioles got in return for Manny Machado um I'm not blown away by it I mean my my first reaction was I was kind of underwhelmed I mean I I do like getting used Neil Diaz and it sounds like he was the best prospect offered to them in any of the trades, the trade offers, I, I don't know exactly what everybody offered, but and I'll buy that. I mean, anybody who saw him in the Futures game hit two home runs. And, yep. and really, Power is probably his weakest tool. I mean, he's a guy who could be solid across the board. Um, you know, he's only 21. 
uh, you know, been pushed pretty aggressively by the Dodgers and really kind of not breaking out this year, but having the best year of his career. He's had some nagging injuries and he's staying healthy. Um, so I like that. But the rest of it, to be honest to me, was, was kind of underwhelming. I mean, you know, Dean Kramer, you know, to his credit, he, he's second in the minors in strikeouts per nine innings, mm-hmm. third in the minors in, in strikeouts. But if you break down the stuff, I mean, it, it's 91-95 most of the time, you know, with some arm side run. He, he, it's not a mid-90s guy who's blowing you away right. with power. Um, you know, he's got a good curveball. I, I don't think it's like an unbelievable curveball. I, I really think, you know, the realistic scenario for Dean Kramer if everything works out, is he's probably number four starter. You know, you're, you're talking about a guy who, you know, in draft pedigree isn't anything, but he was a 14th round pick in 2016. Sure. Right. You know, Ryland Bannon was an eighth round pick last year. Um, you know, he's having a real nice year in the Cal League, which is a good place to hit. He is striking out a considerable amount as well. But, I mean, he's a you know, solid defender at third, and he's got a chance to hit and, and have some power. But, you know, if you're projecting him out realistically, uh, I think you look at him as a guy who, you know, is a regular on a middle-of-the-pack team. I don't know that you're going to say Ryland Bannon is a regular on a contender. Sure. Uh, on a first division club, and and I like Zach Pop, you know. But again, I mean, he was a seventh round pick last year. You know, he could have gone higher, but he had some forearm stiffness uh, late in the season at Kentucky, and he throws good. You know, he's a mid nineties guy with a hard. You know, his slider is harder than it is sharp, um, and he's having a nice year. Uh, you know, if if you really really dream. You know, maybe he's a closer. I think he's more that seventh or eighth inning guy. But, you know, again, rankings aren't a be-all, end-all. Right. You know, and the Orioles system is, you know, we don't rank all the systems. We certainly haven't updated our preseason rankings. We did top ten. I mean, I'd say the Orioles system is probably in that, I don't know, 16 to 20 range for me. Better than and you look at their top 30, and, you know, Diaz, Diaz will be the number one prospect when we revamp the list next week. We'll, we'll totally overhaul the list. But Dean Kramer checked in at number 13 right now on our Orioles list. Ryland Bannon was 17. Zach Pop was 29. Bravik Valera is a, a contact hitter who plays a bunch of positions. Uh, he's nothing special. Uh, you know, in the end, I mean, this is very well could boil down to using the LDS for Manny Machado, and, and maybe that works out. I, I, I know this is a longer answer than you guys expected. I'll just wrap up this, this, this very long answer by saying, when, when I saw this return, my two thoughts were they should have traded him in the offseason when they had, you know, they could have got, he had more value because he had a full year remaining, um, and teams had more flexibility with their rosters and payrolls. And two, if this was the best you could get, you know, it's Manny Machado. It's not like the Dodgers are going to say, hey, you know, we're not going to trade unless we trade now. You know, why not wait another week or ten days and see if you could get a better offer? That's interesting. I mean, people have obviously brought up the possibility of him being injured, but I mean, in theory, you could just pull him all together and leave him as an asset. But I guess we'll we'll just take a second to go down. I guess for the first three prospects on this list, obviously Diaz, you've talked about, but in particular Kramer and Bannon, who, as you mentioned, will be top twenty Orioles prospects, whether by nature of the Orioles' lack of depth or or their ability. Um, Bannon, I've read, is a guy who makes people pay for mistakes, which I would imagine are certainly far more plentiful uh, in high A than they will be as he advances through the minor leagues and if ever gets to the majors, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, and I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging these guys, you know, Ryan Bannon is an interesting guy, but the Cal League is a great place to hit. And I would submit that statistics in the minor leagues – matter a lot more when you get to double-A and above and you're facing better competition than they do in the lower mind. I mean, you'd rather have your guy having a good year than a bad year, obviously. But, you know, you know, and he was, you know, to his credit, he was Big East Player of the Year in 2017. 
But the guy was, you know, and again, do guys do improve? Sure. But just to put him in context, he, he was an eighth-round pick on merit last year. It wasn't like there was a signability question or people didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was an eighth-round pick on merit. You know, Dean Kramer was a, you know, 13th-round pick uh, or 14th-round pick two years ago on merit. It wasn't like these guys weren't known. That's just where the draft, where, where they fit in the draft and where people thought they fit in the draft. So, uh, you know, yes, they're having great years. Yes, if I were the Orioles, I would be pointing out that these guys are having spectacular years. But I really, you know, and Dean Kramer, you know, I do want to see these guys in double and above. You know, Dean Kramer pitched seven shutout innings sure. in his one start in double A, you know, which is great. But I just, I don't see huge ceilings on these guys. I think on a good team, they're, they're complementary pieces. You know, like I said, I mean, I think the upside in Dean Kramer is probably a number four starter. You know, maybe if I'm selling him a little bit short, he's a number three. Um, Rylan Bannon, I don't know on a contending team. I certainly at this point would not say that Rylan Bannon is a guy who's an everyday third baseman on a team that's going to be a playoff club. It's just too early to say that. So just real, real quick, and 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 I love the analysis because you know you you know the the headline in some places is they got five players for Machado and and it's the best that they could do. And we heard about the Phillies and we heard about uh, the Brewers uh, possibly. Uh, you know, in some of the rumors that were out there, you know, with the Phillies with a kid like Medina, um, you know. Where would he fit in compared to someone like Diaz? And I know it's different positions, but you're looking at the top guy in a deal. Uh, could you break down, you know, could they have done better uh, with something that included a, a Medina from the Phillies? Yeah, and, and to be fair, I mean, it, it, I mean, I think the indicate said that Diaz was the best prospect they got offered, and Diaz is better than Medina, and I do believe, I do believe that. Okay. Um, and if that's... You know, again, I might have tried to see if I could have gotten more complementary pieces around him or, or better extra pieces in the deal. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I'd rather have the best player in the deal, the best player I could get in the deal. Rather, I'd rather have quality than quantity. I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I, you know, it's very possible. Um, I'm not going to dispute. I don't know what everybody offered. It's very possible this was the best offer mm-hmm. they got. Um, uh, you know, but it's still, I, like I said, I'm underwhelmed. I, you know, but at the same time, it could be the best offer. I do like Diaz. You know, Medina's interesting. I'd rather have Diaz than Medina. You know, Medina's a guy who, who's a 21-year-old right-hander. He's in high class A. He's got a, you know, he's kind of 92, 96, uh, you know, with some command. Uh, you know, his changeup, you know, slider, both have chances to be average or better pitches. Throws a decent amount of strikes. I mean, he's not having the big year numbers-wise that, say, Dean Kramer is. I mean, he, he is a top 100 prospect. He is a guy. Um, but, like, unless I know what else they're getting with Adonis Medina, um, no, I'd rather have Yusniel Diaz. Now, if it was Adonis Medina, eh, you know, maybe then they're giving me and I have, I, I'm just throwing these out there, and I'm not right, saying sure. this is what they're offered. You know, Joe Joe Romero, who, who's a left-hander, who's interesting, or or Eniel De Los Santos, they just promoted to the big leagues. You know, you know, if if maybe there was the second player in the deal was better than a Dean Kramer or a Ryland Bannon, you know, then I might have been intrigued enough to pull the trigger. But if you're giving me my choice between Diaz and Medina. Um, or D, you know, and like I said, I mean, I think Duquette was quoted last sure. night, wasn't he? Yep. Saying that yep. Diaz yep. was the best prospect they got offered, mm-hmm. and I, I believe that. You know, I, I'll take him at his word for that. And, and if that's the case, I, I can see why you take that package. I mean, Diaz is ranked number right now 
like a number 84 in our top 100, but we're going to revamp that list. I mean, those are basically preseason rankings. Guys move up a little bit when, when guys come off the list when they're promoted to the big leagues. Diaz will rank higher than that. I mean, I, we, we haven't figured it out yet. We haven't you know finalized our list. But Diaz will probably rank you know closer to you know the middle of that top 100 overall prospects list, and he will rank ahead of Ryan Mountcastle. You know when we when we update the list. Okay. Um, all right, let's turn our focus a second to some Orioles guys. You mentioned Mountcastle. Um, there are some other names that were entering this season as thought or highly thought of prospects who obviously didn't have as good seasons as we've hoped. Namely, Austin Hayes, I think, would be the first that comes to mind. Uh, but there are some other guys who have performed very well of late, and I think I'd rather keep this conversation positive, uh, unless you think Austin Hayes is going to be just fine. Um, what do you think of D.L. Hall, who has, I think, had a 25-5 to 5 strikeout-to-walk ratio in the month of July? Yeah, you know, I, I like D.L. Hall. I mean, I, I think you could definitely make the argument, and again, we'll, we'll revamp our list. I mean, he's probably the Orioles' best pitching prospect. I mean, I, you know, it's just hard to count on Hunter Harvey, mm-hmm. you know, being fully healthy. Um, so, I mean, if you gave me a choice of any pitcher in the, in the Orioles' system, I'd take D.L. Hall. I mean, he was first-round pick last year. I think they got him, you know, when they got him at 21, that was a little lower than people expected. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who can already hit 95 miles an hour. Um, there's, there's room for some more development in there. I think he'll throw a little bit harder. And he's got a really good curveball. He's got, you know, probably the best curveball in the system. He's very hard to hit. You know, with him, and you alluded to it, you know, it just comes down to control and command. I mean, I think when they got him, this stuff was already pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's only 19. He's young. It's just going to be a matter of refining his secondary stuff and making it more consistent and, and locating it where he wants. Um, but I like I like D.L. Hall a lot. Um, you mentioned the pitchers in the Orioles system. Obviously, uh, they've had a lot of success over there at Delmarva. I've heard some people say that the strike zone might be a little bigger down there. But uh, what do you make of the success of some of the guys like Bauman and Zach Lowther, uh, who have at least some have gotten a chance to go and tip to Bowie? Yeah, um, you know those guys are both legit. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's it's the strike zone so much. It's just those guys have good stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Bauman's up to uh, been up in Frederick after he got off to a really hot start. But I mean, shoot, I mean he can touch ninety seven. You know, he can show you a plus slider at times. It's pretty good stuff. You know, Lothar's a guy who's fascinated me. You know, he he led the Cape in, in strikeouts and strikeouts per nine inning and strikeout ratio, and then he set a Xavier record for strikeouts as a junior, and he and he goes in the supplemental second round, and he dominated at Aberdeen and you know Delmarva. He had crazy strikeout numbers. I think it was like fifty-one strikeouts in thirty-one innings, and he's continuing strikeout guys at Frederick. You know, he he's he's curious to me. Because he doesn't throw real hard. Right. I mean, I don't know if he really has a true plus pitch. I mean, his fastball is probably 87, 90, 91. He'll, he'll hit a 93 every once in a while. Um, he's got a, you know, curveball might be his best pitch, but I think it's more solid than plus. But he just gets great extension in his delivery. And by that, I mean when, right. when he releases the ball, the, the, the way his mechanics work, he's closer to home plate than most guys. It's so, like Freddie Peralta. He, what's that? It's like Freddie Peralta a little bit. Yeah, so like when he's throwing 90, 91 miles an hour, or even 87, 88, it might look like it's five, six miles an hour harder than that, and it just throws guys off. So, uh, you know, he's been really good so far. I mean, you know, you, you know, especially from the left side, I mean, you know, you know Alex Wells, Keegan Aiken, you know, we mentioned D.L. Hall, Lothar. I mean, they've got a bunch of interesting, you know, lefties. Cameron Bishop's another one who's, who's having a nice year at Delmarva. So, I mean, they've got, you know, they've got some pitching depth, which is, which is good because, you know, just the rate of attrition with pitchers, uh, you know, you, you need that depth to make sure you get some guys through to the big leagues. So as, 
as the Orioles, uh, you know, go through this trading deadline and, you know, they have some other pieces, you know, Britain's the next guy up. And, and he's a guy that's been rumored that a lot of people are looking at. Uh, I think they've kind of showcased him over the last couple weeks where they could show everybody, yeah, the sinker's back. Uh, they've pitched him on back-to-back days. He, we, the, he's held his velocity in the in the ninety-six, ninety-seven range. You know, we, we've seen relievers bring back quite a haul over the last couple of years at, at, at the trade deadlines. Do you think a, a Zach Britton is, is the next guy to bring a significant haul back uh, from the reliever position to to the Orioles? Well, I mean, it could be. You know, it's. You know, it's hard to figure out what guys are going to bring back because you look at, you know, a guy like, you know, Aroldis Chapman was a pending free agent. Mm-hmm, you know, and right. granted he was, you know, he didn't have the recent injuries in his past like Zach Britton had. Um, you know, and he brought back Labor Torres, you know, and another former first-round pick and a big league-ready pitcher. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, you know, Aroldis Chapman, who's a closer, brought back more than Manny Machado did. Mm-hmm. Um and again, I, you know, I, I, I think it's possible that both the Orioles made the best deal they could at the time, and and made a deal that underwhelmed me. I, yeah. I, you know, I don't think it was malpractice. That just is apparently what the market, you know, bore for 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 Manny Machado. But you're right. I mean, I mean, you know, with the way Brent's pitched and his track record, and he's back healthy now, you know, he he could command a decent amount. But then, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I would have thought Manny Machado would would have you know, brought back more as well. I mean, Glaber Torres was developing into one of the best prospects in baseball. He wasn't quite there yet, you know, when the Cubs gave him up for to, to get a role as Chapman. So, I mean, again, I mean, I, I think, you know, Dan Duquette and his, his guys obviously are going to do their due diligence and talk to as many people as possible and, and try to maximize the return. But, but yeah, the potential's there that, that you should be able to get, you know, at least one pretty good prospect as part of a package for Zach Britton. All right, uh, this is the last one I've got for you. I wanted to ask you about a guy who um, has had a good season this year and last year actually has been tearing the cover off the ball. And I was wondering to get some thoughts on where he stood nationally. Ryan McKenna, uh, outfielder down at the lower levels of the Orioles system. Yeah, no, he's having a, you know, a great year. He's probably putting up as good numbers as anybody in the Carolina League before they promoted him to Bowie. Um, you know, he, you know, he's kind of... You know, he'll move up our, our Orioles list. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we do when we do it again in midseason, I don't do Orioles list, so I can't tell gotcha. you exactly where he's going to fit. <laughs> but kind of put him in that boat of uh, you know, like like we were talking about Ryland Bannon. I mean, he wasn't like a big time big time guy um, coming out of the draft, um, but he's having a huge year. You know, former fourth round pick. Um, you know, I think it's a guy who can hit for some average, more kind of. You know, gap power. Mm-hmm. You know, runs well. Not a big stolen base guy. Um, you know, I think he's got. You know, I think the key for him, if you're trying to project him out as a regular, is can he play center field well enough? Um, if you could do that, you know, that offensive profile fits better in center field than it does on the corner. But um, you know, no question, he's having you know as good a year as probably just about any hitter. In the Orioles system, I mean, Mount Castle's having a good year, um, and you know it seems like Cedric Mullins has a good year every year. Um, you know, so McKenna's stock is definitely on the rise, but you know, it, it's not like he's you know knocking on the door of the top 100 prospects list at the same time either. I know I said last one, but I got you here now, and I feel like if I didn't ask you this, people would sure. yell, yell at me. Um, while while we're here and on the topic, the three guys at the Orioles' top or upper levels of the Orioles system that we expect to be wearing Orioles uniforms uh, soonest are um, obviously 
We talked about uh, Mount Castle. We don't know how soon that will be, but Mount Castle, Cedric Mullins, and DJ Stewart. Um, thoughts on those three? Uh, do you think they have starting uh, potential at the major league level? I, I, I think Mount Castle does. I'm not sold he's a third baseman. Um, I'm not sure he has the arm or, or, or the smoothness necessarily to play over there. I mean, he's better there than he is at short. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's hitting in Double A. You know, he didn't hit as well in Double A when he got there at the end of last year. But I mean, I think with Mountcastle, I mean, this guy can hit. You'll you'll find a spot for him. Now, you know, that spot may wind up being left field, and there's more pressure on the bat. But I do think he's a regular. You know, I think, uh, you know, for all I've said about, you know, lack of draft pedigree, you know, Mullins was a 13th-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be foolish to underestimate this guy because all he does is go out and put up numbers, big numbers, everywhere he plays. I mean, he hits for average. He, you know, hits for power. Um, he steals bases. I mean, you know, I think this is a guy who, you know, 2020 guy might be a little bit much. I don't know if he has that much power, but it might be like, you know, if you guy played this guy every day, he might hit 275 and, and, and get on base at a decent clip and hit 15 homers and steal 20 bases. And, you know, I think he can, you know, play a, a solid center field. So, so definitely he's got the potential. And D.J. Stewart, you know, has been, you know, he, I, I can't figure him out, out. You know, he's been up and down, you know, first-round pick, you know, great track record in the ACC. Didn't really hit in pro ball when he first came in. Then he revamped his swing. Had, had a nice year in Double A last year. You're not, you know, drilling the ball, you know, quite as consistently this year. Jury's still out for me a little bit on him, and he's an all bat guy. If he doesn't hit, he's not a. Um, if he doesn't hit, he's not going to be an everyday player in the big leagues. But you know, he, the thing that might be tough for him is Mountcastle might wind up in left field. Right. And if that happens, then you know, DJ Stewart's looking at, at DH because I don't think he can play anywhere else on the diamond. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, Jim, I appreciate the wealth of knowledge. Uh, it helps frame some of what the Orioles have in their system, and I wish it was a little bit more, but hey, at least there's more hope today than there was, I guess, yesterday, or maybe not yesterday. We thought we might get Dustin May back, right. but three days ago <laughs> than there was, you know, before. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. You're on Twitter, at Jim Callis MLB. Is there anything else that we can plug for you while we have you? Um, well, we're in the next, next week, toward the next week, we'll um, have updated our top 30 lists and our overall top 100 um, for all the organizations, so definitely check that out. And, and, you know, maybe that's part of why I was underwhelmed, too. I mean, there were Dustin May rumors, there were Gavin Lux rumors. Um, you know, all that said, I mean, it does sound like, you know, at least from what I'm hearing, that, you know, I, I don't think the Orioles left a better offer on the table. Right. I, I just was surprised they couldn't get more from Andy Machado. I think that's probably where we stand, but we've always thought that they could have or should have been having these conversations before last season when he had two years of team control to try to get that maximum return. Uh, Sir, appreciate your your time, and uh, hopefully we can do this again down the line, all right? Okay, sounds good. There was Jim Callis from uh, MLB Pipeline, as heard on uh, Glenn Clark Radio this week. Uh, Jim did a great job of uh, breaking down what he thought about the trade, uh, the Manny Machado trade, and also answered a couple of questions about some of the guys that we've been hearing about within the Orioles organization, DJ Stewart among them. Uh, but right now we're going to head right out to the phone lines and bring the host of the Bat Around onto the airways with us, Mr. Stan the Fan Charles. Good morning, sir. Hey, KZ, how you doing? I am doing wonderful, and I, I, I want to start with the Manny Machado trade, obviously, the big topic around Baltimore. But did the Orioles trade him? They, they did trade him, oh, and okay. they traded him to the, to the L.A. Dodgers for <laughs> five minor league ballplayers, four of which 
have reported to the Bowie Bay Sox, and we'll get into that a little bit later with Adam Pohl, but uh, and a 26-year-old utility third baseman that gives them some organizational depth. Right. Um, Jim Callis, as we just heard, used the word underwhelmed when describing what the Orioles received back from the Dodgers. What word would you use? Mm, that's a good question. What word I would use? Or what um, are your feelings? You can do more well, than one I'll, word. I'll make it more than one word. <laughs> I, I think that people are underestimating the the price of doing business. And uh, if the Orioles haven't wanted to play in that international market for whatever the reasons, you know, that it's too pricey to to set up an academy to uh, put to hire five or six new scouts or to pay big signing bonuses, they let the Dodgers uh, have that expense. And it was a mighty expense for Diaz, the $15.5 million in the signing bonus and the fact that by signing him, they went over their international threshold and had to pay a $15 million penalty. So when people talk about the Orioles should have gotten more out of this deal, I think therein lies the rub is that the the cost borne by the Dodgers is quite significant. So uh, I'm not saying the Orioles asked for other players, but if this is the guy they kind of wanted to center the deal around, I think you have to factor in how much literally hard cash the Dodgers uh, put up for this guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- that's a that's a very valid point, one that, that we've discussed uh, on Glenn Clark Radio this week, is that, you know, the Orioles, uh, with the way that they run their organization currently, yeah. would never get a guy like this uh, into their organization, and uh, they were able to do so without poning up $31 million or even $15 million right. to do so. Um, you know, we also... Uh, I think part of the disappointment from some Oriole fans, and, and look, I the reason we talk to guys like Jim Callis is because, like I do with the NFL draft, he does with Major League Baseball draft. He knows all of these prospects, sure. you know, like the back of his hand and tracks all this. But there were other names that were ranked higher within the organization of the Los Angeles Dodgers that we kind of got wind of that could have been part of the deal, uh, the pitchers Alvarez, the pitcher May. Um, You know, and then when the final deal came out, everybody was kind of like, oh, that's all we got. Uh, You know, I I, I think not not with revisionist history, Mm -hmm. but for when they traded Manny Machado, I think they did about as well as they we can I, expect them I, to do. I would agree. I would agree, and I would say one thing. And I heard, and I heard it's the technology today is amazing. I'm listening to the Callis interview on my phone. You know, I'm mm-hmm. listening to the bat around on my phone from New York, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and when he talked about, you know, Chapman and what he brought, I, I think it's important to remember that. Unlike a starting pitcher at the trade deadline, a reliever can almost impact almost as much as an everyday player um, in that he comes in when the games are on the line and he can come in three times, maybe four in a week. And I also think you have to factor in the fact that that the moment was there for the Cubs uh, over over a 100 years since they had won a World Series. 
um, you know, I think that played into them really going for it at that time. Yeah, and that you know, and that brings me to to my next question for you. You know, obviously there were some reports yesterday, um, several sources around Major League Baseball that now that the Machado trade has been completed, that the Orioles are now turning their focus on on trading Zach Britton, and there were a, a list of four or five teams um, that that could be involved. Uh, one of those teams may come off the board today, as I heard that the 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 uh, Mets and the the A's could be uh, working out a deal with Familia uh, to go to Oakland. But that's you, interesting. Yeah. You know, Zach Britton, you know, is again another rental, um, and, mm-hmm. and 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 Jim Callis kind of compared him to Chapman and things like that. Uh, you know, is this? Do you think that this is the next thing that the Orioles do? as far as their trade order, or is this something that goes a little bit closer to the trade deadline? I think it depends. <clears throat> I think it depends upon uh, how hot somebody is to, to make the deal. You know, I'm sure that the Indians had kicked the tires pretty significantly on, uh, on a Britain trade. And I think at the end of the day, the fact that they were able to get two pitchers that they control for a while, which yes. is why they gave up such a highly rated prospect as the catcher Mejia, uh, and the Orioles are going to have a real hard time matching that kind of uh, scenario. But the interesting thing in that trade was the coupling of a couple pitchers, and I can't help but think that a Britain and Brock to the Phillies or a Britain and a Brock to the Dodgers still would make quite a bit of sense for for both parties there. Uh, I looked at last night, the Dodgers won 6-4 to four over Milwaukee. You know, of course, you're looking in the uh, in the box score to see what Manny did, and you see that he was 2-3 uh, for three and scored a couple runs and walked a couple times. Uh, but I looked at who the Dodgers brought into that game, you know, before they would have used a, a Kenley Jansen. Right. And it was it was like a veritable who's who. I mean, I never heard of any of the guys. Uh, so I, you know, sometimes in this trading business, when a team gets familiar with the other team's needs, um, they suddenly can can cut down the the, the BS and get right to it. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Orioles and the Dodgers hook up, or the Orioles and the Phillies hook up. Yeah, those are, those are two of the teams that are rumored. And you know, speaking and, of the and, Dodgers game last night, I mean those those relievers that came in before Jensen uh, almost gave it up. I mean, this, this yeah. was a six to one game. I swear, and, I'd never heard of one of them. Yeah, and and I follow it fairly closely. I'm not saying I have a total recall. The other team that you, I think, you have to really look at right now that may really start being in the process, start and believe that hey. We might be the best team in the American League is the Boston Red Sox. And the Red Sox could end up giving us a significant prospect, you know, for Britain if they think that's what we need to actually be a real contender to win the World Series. Because if you remember how this all works out, uh, KZ, over the last three to five years, the World Series really can become a bullpen chess match, you know, where you've got to have enough of those arms to match up with the opposition. Uh, and certainly 
having a Zach Britton in front of a Kimbrel is a pretty, you know, pretty fearsome thought for the opposition. Uh, uh, no doubt. I mean, it, you know, it's it's more and more it's becoming a, a five six inning ball game with some of these bullpens. So and uh, so, and some of the World Series games really do end up becoming like four inning for the right. starters. You yeah. know, and you you really send out a host of relievers. So I would say Boston. Philadelphia and the Dodgers are the three teams that I see in the hunt for for those guys. You know, for Britain and maybe a couple of the teams uh, coupling uh, Britain and Brock brings you a little bit bigger return. So now that the Orioles have traded Manny and we expect at least Zach Britton and, you know, in my mind, hopefully a couple of other yep. minor deals, if not semi-medium deals, if, if someone like an Adam Jones w- would be moved. Um, I, I still am a believer, and, and I'm getting tired of saying it, but in every time he pitches, it, it – becomes less a reality but i i think that the orioles need to look under every stone and if somebody uh calls about bundy or gosman um if this is truly a rebuilding situation yeah. that for the first time we heard dan duquette use those yeah, words and, and not to interrupt your question sure. i thought that that was the most stunning part of right. duquette's press conference was a it sounded like he fully thought he was going to be here Okay, that's yes. number one. And number two, you were hearing that we're in a pretty significant rebuild uh, and that we're going to start spending more on international scouting and we're going to start spending on analytics. Those were things that Oriole fans, that was like, uh, you know, a Donald Trump speech to the mm-hmm. NRA or something where he was throwing red meat to them. Um, that, that for Oriole fans had to be a real positive. Yeah, it, it, it was. And, and, and to finish my question, it, it yeah. kind of go, goes along those lines. What do you want to see from the Orioles going forward? I mean, look, uh, they're having an historically bad year. Uh, even last night, I mean, I was tongue-in-cheeking with some people on on Twitter and saying, look, I mean, Manny's gone and the, and the team just scored seven runs in a game right. without him. Uh, right. You know, they still lost right. uh, because the bullpen gave it up again and, and, and their defense was god-awful, uh, especially yeah, at I, the shortstop position. But but we yeah. knew that that was bad anyway. Um, they brought up some kid that, you know, I had never heard of, uh, Nunez, to play third base for them. Um, last night, and and I think that may have disappointed um, some Oriole fans because we're 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 wanting to see the Mullins and the DJ Storts mm-hmm. and and the Mountcastles and yeah. guys like that. We that that's that's what Oriole fans that I'm talking to want to see. Right, and it seems like the Orioles organization right now is okay with bringing in these retreads for the rest of this yeah. year. Um, yeah, Nunez is, um, I, and I'm not talking right. him up by any means. Right. He's a guy who's had a f- few cups of coffee places, and the A's had had him, and the Rangers had had him, and he, he's a, another guy that shows uh, pretty strong power at AAA. You know, and he's a 4A player. If there was a league in between Triple A and the majors, he'd probably be pretty good. Orioles would uh, probably win that league, Stan. Yeah, they probably would. <laughs> but Mullins and Stewart, I think we will see. 
I'm not so sure that the club needs to get the clock ticking on Mountcastle this season. Okay. Um, and nor Diaz. You know, I, I think there's, I think there's going to be this hunger. Uh, boy, can we get to see Diaz in September? There's really no point in in a, such a lost season uh, of trying to jumpstart that whole thing. But I think we will see uh, the two uh, the two outfielders in fairly short order. You know. I really do. Uh, the, you know, one of the more depressing parts about this season, KZ, and there's a number of depressing things, is that at a certain point, players kind of are what they are. Prospects, you know, they, bec- they become major leaguers. We know Dylan Bundy belongs in the major leagues. We know Kevin Gosman belongs in the major leagues. And Gosman, surprisingly, is a little bit more consistent now than Bundy but he still does not have that sheer force of nature to win games, you know, himself. Uh, it seems like he always does just enough to keep the opposition in the game. And Bundy, i got to tell you, I, I know it's injury-related, but he becomes more and more of a head-scratcher. Uh, he, was, he was having a brilliant season through his first six or eight starts, and then he had that groin thing, <clears throat> and I don't know whether he doesn't communicate well, but he had three horrific starts in yep. a row. Yep. Then he bounced back and had another six great starts before getting that base hit in the Atlanta game, which I knew was going to be a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> and he turned an ankle there, and he hasn't been the same pitcher now for three for three straight games. He's right. been pretty much awful. Um, and I'm beginning to come around to the fact that we're so bad that you know, maybe trading those two guys. I, I certainly think that that will be looked at in the off season. I doubt. I don't think they are would be in high enough demand right now. Uh, you'd be trading Bundy kind of on a down slide, uh, but I think that that that's a possibility during the off season. He is Stan the fan. Uh, Stan, will you will be back in this chair next week? Correct. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. <laughs> hey, safe travels, my friend. All right, and, uh, thanks I'll a lot, Casey, for filling in, and I'll be happy to do the same to return the favor in early August when you're away. Sounds good. Sounds thanks, good. Casey. There Bye. he goes. Stan the fan, Charles. His thoughts about the uh, the Orioles and uh, their overall direction. And uh, we're going to take our first break, but before we do. Um, always like to talk about Kent Island's original sports bar at 216 St. Clair Place in Stevensville, Maryland. Uh, on the way down or back from you know the Eastern Shore, no place better to stop, relax, get a bite to eat. Great place to watch the O's, Nats and Wizards if if that's your thing. Um, Caps if that's your thing. Uh, it's not my thing, but uh, Ravens games on a Sunday would probably be a, a better a better way to do that. But uh, simply the best sports bar around. Sandwiches, uh, salads, soups, subs. You can't go wrong with Big Bats uh, in, in the Kent Island area. Uh, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with the New Hampshire Union leaders. Mike, how do you pronounce his last name? Shallon. Shallon. Yes, Mike Shallon. Mike Shallon. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Red Sox and will they be interested in a Zach Britton? You're listening to the Batter Round. We'll be right back. 
Red, white, and blue savings continue on over 1,300 new and used Toyotas and Chevrolets at Jerry's Auto Group with savings up to $15,000. And 0% financing is still available on many new models. Plus, every new Chevy and Toyota from Jerry's comes with free maintenance for four years or 50,000 miles. Visit Jerry's Toyota on Bel Air Road, Jerry's Chevrolet on Joppa Road, and online at jerrysitsaboutyou.com. Special financing with approved credit, savings vary by model. Sale ends July 31st. Join the Ironbirds for Maryland Sports Weekend July 20th through 22nd. On Friday the 20th, the club will recognize baseball's Ironman, hometown hero Cal Ripken Jr. Saturday, July 21st, members of the 1983 World Championship team will be in Aberdeen along with the World Series trophy. The attention flips to football on Sunday, July 22nd when the Super Bowl trophy, Poe, and Ravens cheerleaders travel up I-95 to the ballpark. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit ironbirdsbaseball.com. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values. Earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. Rory's Story Cubes is the original that started the Story Cube movement and inspired creativity and storytelling across the globe. And they come with every Chick-fil-A kids meal at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Chick-fil-A kids meals are all around $5, including the kids' chicken strips, kids' nuggets, and kids' grilled nuggets. Text the family right now and announce that it's Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square tonight. That's at 5198 Campbell Boulevard in Nottingham. Tell them that Glenn and Kyle said hi. Are you looking for a great deal? Maybe you need that perfect, affordable outfit or clothes for growing kids. Or maybe you're looking for that hard-to-find collectible. Visit Goodwill today. Shop with a mission and find everyday low prices on thousands of items, including brand-name clothing, stylish accessories, shoes, and furniture. Come to Goodwill and see what you can find. When you shop at Goodwill, when you donate to Goodwill, you will help someone find a job. To find a store near you, visit givetogoodwill.org. Hi, it's Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer from Glenn Clark Radio. We're going to be talking a lot of Lamar Jackson on our show, but I want to make a promise right now. For those of you that tune in to Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday from 10 to noon, we will talk about something unrelated to Lamar Jackson for at least 30 solid seconds every day. Kyle, I thought maybe we should give people an idea of some of the topics that we might discuss other than Lamar Jackson. For example, we might talk about Chick-fil-A sauce. Aliens. The television program Detroiters. Jesus stealing pizza. All these things are options for for 30 solid seconds, and then we'll go right back to Lamar Jackson. GlennClarkRadio.com, PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, and watch the show Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Welcome back to the Battle Round. KZ sitting in today for Stan the Fan, and I hear sometimes Craig Heist is here, you know, every once in a while. Yeah, not recently. Not recently. He's ditched us. Well, he's... He's busy during this time of the year reporting on, like, what ketchup bottle or mustard bottle won a race or something. Yeah, because we all know Relish never wins, so. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. So, But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to head right out to the phone lines. And uh, after the Orioles finish losing their next two games, I, I assume, 
I mean, history this year would assume that that is a correct statement. But after they finish up with Toronto, they will uh, entertain the uh, Boston Red Sox, who have a a five-and-a-half game lead in the AL East. And right now from the New Hampshire Union leader, Mike Shallon joins us. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? I'm terrific. Uh, Everything is rosy in Boston right now with the Red Sox, apparently. But... It seems like maybe the starting pitching is showing is starting to show a couple of cracks. I mean, when you when you you've won what thirteen out of fourteen or something like that, it's it's tough to to you know say that there's anything going wrong. But with Rodriguez going on the DL, and I think some kid named Brian Anderson is starting for them, and you know maybe Pomerantz comes back. Is is there any concern with the Red Sox about their starting rotation? Yeah, I think there is, uh, but you know they they started the season seventeen and two, and right now they're in an eighteen and three. So um, they've already it was pointed out by more than one person they've already won as many games as they did the Bobby Valentine year. <laughs> um, yeah, there's concern because you don't know about Pomerantz, and you know uh, Stephen Wright, who apparently is suffering from the same after effects of the same surgery that Dustin Pedroia had. Um, so there's three there's three guys missing, and you've got Brian Johnson, Brian uh, Johnson starting, sorry. and and uh, you know they they like his stuff. I mean he's 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 pitched well in the past, um, but again he's had he's had injury problems, and um, but you know uh, they could pretty much I don't want to say put it on cruise control, but. It, it just seems like they're going to win every game, whether it's whether it's having to win eight to five or whether it's having to win one or two to nothing. Uh, uh, the, the the bullpen, which was thought to be the Achilles' heel, um, has been great. You know, and well, Kimball obviously has been great, but it, the guys like the, the Matt Barnes and Heath Hembrys of the world have come through, and you know, Barnes um, Barnes was in a jam in the eighth inning last night and and blew the. Uh, Tiger Catcher McCann, he blew him away on 99 miles an hour. So there's a little problem with Joe Kelly there, but I can I can see a starting pitcher added. Um, you know they've been very quiet so far, and and what has what has um, already been illustrated is the lack of minor league talent that they had to offer. They couldn't get involved in Machado. They 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 really couldn't get involved with Brad Hand. Um, because they didn't have a prospect like Mejia. So they're not dealing from strength there. Then again, if you if you look at the team as constituted, while everybody loves the July thirty first trade, they got a pretty good shot even with just, just riding with what they have. Well, I was gonna say is like, you know, uh, when when you're already uh, you know, probably gonna get your seventieth win um, in the middle of July, uh, tonight if if, if history and the trends continue on the role they're on uh it, it's tough to 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 pick apart anything that that they really need help with and and you said that their their minor leagues are you know not they can't uh make the big deal which you know i was going to ask you about would they have any interest and i'm sure it's easy to have interest in somebody but would they have the tools to go out and get involved in a in a zach Britton or someone like that um but it is outside of 
the pitching pro- aspect, I mean, offensively, it would look like they're pretty well set. Could you see them adding a, a bat at all to this lineup? Well, I think Steve Pierce might have been that. Okay. Um, you know, he uh, he destroys left-handed pitching, as you guys well know. Yes. That's his thing. And uh, while Moreland is not ineffective against lefties, he's not at, he's not overly effective. Um, I really don't, you know, like, do they go out, do they try to get an, uh, an infielder, maybe a, an Asrubal Cabrera, depending on, Holt got hurt last night, but I don't think it's serious. And, you know, you don't have to have nine 300 hitters, you know, and, um, uh, you know, the catching uh, was terribly weak the first half, but offensively anyway, but Leon has come on a little bit, Swihart has hit a little bit, and it's, it's limited time back there. Uh, they had a reason why they didn't want to get rid of Swihart, and uh, we might be starting to see that, uh, what the reason was, because he certainly hasn't shown much uh, to this day. But he has talent, and I just don't I don't see them doing anything major. And, and just when you turn your back on a team, um, you know, do you, do you try to go in all in on Britain to keep them away from the Yankees? Because I do think the Yankees would be very interested. Right. Um, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of relief pitchers that are gonna, you know change teams and and you know I think the Orioles to their credit the other night I think they started their you know they started the rest of their lives if you will with picking up five prospects and if you can get two for Britain and two you know three for this guy and Brock maybe even Adam Jones go you know they can they can restock their farm system in a span of three weeks and. Um, I think they made a good deal the other day, and and you know they it's tough to watch a guy like Machado leave, but he was leaving anyway, and yeah. which I don't really understand to be honest with you. But um, as far as as far as the Red Sox concerned, I can see them making a deal. I can also see them standing standing pretty much pat. Yeah, we don't understand the Machado thing either, and not necessarily from the fact that they traded him because the. Uh, when you really don't make a serious effort to re-sign a, a superstar like that, the only thing you can do is trade him. Uh, you can't just get a pick for him. But I think that's the hardest thing for Oriole fans to really come to grips with. I think they've come to the grips with that they knew he was going to get traded this offseason, this uh, trade deadline, especially the historic season in not a good way that the that the Orioles are having. It's the fact that over the last two years – the club really never made a serious attempt to uh, to keep him in the fold. Um, speaking well, of, he's the, fran- he's, he's the franchise, you know. And and when you when you give one hundred and sixty one million dollars to the first baseman um, uh, under under duress and no and no uh, competition, um, it's it's really tough to swallow. You know, walking away from one of the best players in the game. Yeah, thanks for opening that hole. Um, appreciate that. <laughs> no, we get it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that want the – a lot of people in Baltimore that just want them to eat the whole Davis thing and, and say, okay, we made a mistake and, you know, just just release them, um, which, you know, this organization doesn't look like they're they're inclined to do. So let's, let's, let's ask an either-or question. We're talking with uh, Mike Shallon from the New Hampshire Union Leader and, you know, uh, good problems to have. Who's the MVP of the American League, J.D. Martinez or Mookie Betts? <laughs> I think at this point it's J.D. 
Okay. Um, and, and you know, I know. Listen, they they have they have dubbed Mookie the best player in baseball here in Boston, which uh, they seem to forget about the guy in Anaheim. But right. um, and Mookie Mookie is absolutely terrific. But when you when you look at what what Martinez has done, um, it's you know it, as far as turning a very good team into a great team. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty interesting, you know, and I saw Trout's name mentioned with, uh, with the two of them. And I, I just, I, I don't see it. Obviously there's a long way to go, but these two, uh, racehorses, if you will, have, have lapped the field. In my opinion, I can't see anybody making a run. The only, the only thing that could hurt them is the old splitting the vote thing, I guess. Um, cause you are going to have, you are going to have people coming down on the Mookie overall game side of things, but, Martinez has been better defensively than than, than advertised. He's he's, uh, he's got, he had a couple of uh, trip ups early on, but he's uh, he's been very good. And you know, DH is mostly tight anyway. But he has not been bad in the outfield, and he has just absolutely punished opposing pitching. You know, and and um, you know, it's a team. You put him, you put him in the lineup, and basically what you've done is you've replaced Ortiz and. To be able to replace Ortiz with similar numbers is a pretty scary and, and, and I don't want to say lucky, but let's just say things fell into place for them over during the offseason. And he got, JD got very little respect in the open market because it was, it was part of that overall, uh, God, I hate to use this word these days, but that overall collusion thing right. where they, you know, um, you know, he, he, he was, uh, there for the picking. You know, it's funny uh, how how Mark <clears throat> Mark Reynolds every year doesn't have a job and winds up contributing to a, to a good team um, when he signs when he signs late. And you know, think about what about if the Orioles would have let Davis go and kept Reynolds at considerably cheaper money, how things might have changed for the future of that franchise. You know, and uh, but JD, uh, you know, and, and they'll they'll take all kinds of credit for signing him, but the fact of the matter is. Nobody really wanted him, and and uh, I, you know again it was part it was part of the the overall free agent picture over the winter that the players are are very concerned about. You know, guy, yeah, they make a lot of money. There's no question about it. But there's there's a feeling of what's what's right and what's wrong. And it was clear to me that this guy was one of the you know special players, and he had developed into one of the special players in the game. And and the funny thing is. They found the guy when they found uh, Ortiz. He had been released, and there's there's another guy who'd been released from the first team in his career, and has has come on to become one of the best players in the game. Yeah, uh, you know, I know JD was frustrated with with the lack of uh, offers for what he thought he was worth, and and now you know, not that what he got paid by the Boston Red Sox by any stretch of the word, uh, you know, for for most people is is on the cheap. But they really kind of got him on the cheap for the numbers that he's putting up now, um, you know, being an all-star. Uh, and, and well, he MVP. also he also has opt-outs uh, after the second, second, third, and fourth years. Right. He said at the all-star game that he's willing to renegotiate that. And, um and he loves it here and all this kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that thing, too. Um, one other question that I had for you, and we're talking with Mike Shallon from the uh, 
New Hampshire Union leader. You know, the Red Sox seem, you know, almost the, the perfect year so far. Um, Alex Cora, uh, you know, there's been – this is the new wave of, of managers, uh, it's seeming like, in Major League Baseball where, you know, you don't necessarily have to always go through and spend, you know, 15 years as a minor league manager to get a, get a job. We, we've seen that in a couple of, of different places. Um, so unfair because, you know – on the on the surface, uh, everything he's done has been perfect. But talk to me a little bit about Alex Cora as a manager. Well, the thing that people don't realize with these untested guys is that they don't come with any baggage. You know, I remember when you know whenever Buck goes from team to team, any time any time something goes wrong, it's oh, it's Buck being Buck again. You know, right. and, and and it's the Billy Martin syndrome, if you will. Um, not that not, I'm not putting, I'm not I'm not putting Buck on the same uh, plane as, as Billy Martin, but um, Alex is first of all he, he's bilingual. He played for this team. He understands the market. He won a World Series here in 2007. Um, he came into a to a loaded situation, and he's not the only one to do that. Don't forget, you had Boone and Martinez do right. the same thing, um, uh, and it's worked out so far for two of the three. But it's 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 freshness, and I think um, for a thousand years, baseball has gone has been a good old boy network, and and you know the guys keep getting recycled, and they they show up here, they show up there. And that's a good thing from an experience standpoint, but I think it's also a negative thing from a baggage standpoint, uh, especially if any of the guys have played for the for this manager before. You know, the players sit and gab like like anybody does in a, in a social situation. And uh, you know, like, can you believe he did that again? He did that with the he did that with the Diamondbacks twelve years ago, whatever. Um, but uh, Cora has been uh, good with the media. He answers your questions. Um, he's not a. Um, uh, he, he, he very rarely sounds negative. He won't criticize um, team things, but um, yeah, John Farrell was a pretty good manager, you know. And and he right. left here. Uh, he was never comfortable with the media, which ironically he's now in, but he's now a member of the media. But. <laughs> yeah. um, Farrell was uncomfortable with the media, and they say he lost control of his clubhouse. Now, he still won 93 games last year and won a division. And, you know, the the, the Red Sox have a high, very high payroll and a, lots of, a lot of it is expected here. And Cora, you know, let's, let's be honest, you know, um, the regular season doesn't matter. In, right. in Boston, it doesn't matter in New York. It doesn't matter, obviously, now in Washington after what's happened. But the Red Sox still don't have a, a pitcher on their staff, not a single victory in the postseason as a starter. And, and that's, you know, Price has a couple of wins as a reliever, uh, but the record is, is the overall record of the staff in the, in the postseason as starters is something like 0-24. So that has to be proven. David Price has that huge, you know, yeah. albatross around his neck, and, and you know, uh, they're going to play the Yankees in the first round. You know, and if the Yankees win, if say the Yankees finish second and right. win the wild card, they're going to play each other unless something changes drastically. And David Price's numbers against the Yankees, especially with the Red Sox, are scary. They're downright scary. I mean, we're talking 
Yankee Stadium uh, over 10, and, and overall between 8 and 9. So um, there's still a lot to prove, and, and, and that's going to test, that, that will test the mettle of, uh, see, I, 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 I always subscribe to the Sparky Anderson theory anyway. The manager doesn't make that much of a difference. Right. Sparky used to say, I might make a difference in 10 games a year. You know, he tried not to, uh, he ran it, but he tried not to screw those 10 games up. I've seen Cora make mistakes. I've seen them all make mistakes. You know, uh, to me, Joe Madden is one of the poor game managers I've seen. <laughs> yeah. He, he, you know, I'm, I'm never, almost never in support of what he does, but he's a great manager. Yes. I know that doesn't make sense, but it, it's, it's kind of the way it is. So we'll see how Cora gets. You know, the American League managing, too, is a little bit different in the National League. You're not making on-the-fly decisions as much, uh, especially now with not the total elimination, but the, the uh, cutting down of the hit and run and all that kind of stuff and, and the baseball angle of baseball. You're pretty much more uh, in, you're pretty much more running your clubhouse than you are running the game. And, and Cora seems to be doing an excellent job of that. There he is. He is Mike Shallon. You can find all of his work, uh, not only on the Red Sox, but all things Boston sports uh, at the New Hampshire Union Leader. And you can follow him on Twitter at M-S-C-O-T-S-H-A-Y. Mike, thanks so much for taking some time for us today. And uh, I'm sure uh, Stan will have you back pretty soon. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. And uh, give my best to the old man. I will do. Will do. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. There he goes, Mike Shallon. Uh, you know, look, look, the Orioles are not good this year. It's oh. just just the way it is. Um, and I know that a lot of fans, you know, we love to hate on the Red Sox. We love to hate on the Yankees. But they're good right now. And the Red Sox are really good right now. Like he said, they're in the middle of an 18-3 and three stint. Uh, they've won nine out of their last ten games. They have great starting pitching, one of the best pitchers in baseball in Chris Sale, uh, one of the best closers in Kimbrell, and the offense. I mean, we were, you know, I'm surprised by his answer with J.D. Martinez, but it's hard to pick one, him or, or Mookie Betts, as who is the best player in the American League for this season right now because they've both been absolutely spectacular. We're going to take our next break, um, and when we come back uh, – We'll talk a little bit uh, with Adam Pohl, who is the voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, and he got a uh, first-hand look at some of the new toys that the Orioles have. Uh, you are listening to the Bat Around, and we will be right back. I'm excited to tell you about one of our newest partners, Loop League. Find them at loopleague.com. What are they all about? Well, this is very cool. You can link together events from across the sports landscape into one comprehensive fantasy pool. So let's just say you're like us. Maybe you're playing a World Cup pool right now. You want to keep that fun going with your friends after the World Cup is over. Maybe you do a football picks pool that you loop together and that fun continues throughout the course of the year. Start a league today. Invite your friends. Single event leagues are free. Multi-event leagues are just a flat four. $4.99 fee for the entire league, not per person, just $4.99. There's plenty of competitions that Loop League has. I mentioned the World Cup, football picks, it continues, MLB playoffs, they'll be doing stuff like that. I mean, they even do UFC fights, but if you've got an idea for something that you want to do, you can tell them at Loop League on Twitter, and they'd be willing to consider it. They've got 21 events on the platform right now with more coming. This is something that was started by local guys. It's extremely cool. Loop League. Find them at loopleague.com. Rory's story. 
Story Cubes is the original that started the Story Cube movement and inspired creativity and storytelling across the globe. And they come with every Chick-fil-A kids meal at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. Chick-fil-A kids meals are all around $5, including the kids' chicken strips, kids' nuggets, and kids' grilled nuggets. Text the family right now and announce that it's Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square tonight. That's at 5198 Campbell Boulevard in Nottingham. Tell them that Glenn and Kyle said hi. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's a very special double issue celebrating Ray Lewis's journey to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We spoke to the friends, family members, and former teammates and coaches who knew him best to tell the story of the path to his induction into Canton this summer. Press Box is available for free at over 500 locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, which includes all 52 interviews with those closest to Ray at PressBoxOnline.com. KZ, Sari, the NFL chick, KO from the Pressbox Fantasy and Reality Football Show. You can hear it by going to pressboxonline.com slash fantasy every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. to noon. And you can also check us out on facebook.com slash pressboxsports. We talk about college football. We talk about the NFL. We talk about the fantasy aspect. We talk about the reality aspect. And we talk about soccer. The, the other type of football. No. No, we don't. We don't? No. Never? No. Yeah, not really. Tennis? No. Nope. Rugby? Nope. No? Just no, football. Just NFL football. football. College, College football. football. Every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to noon, Press Box Fantasy and Reality Football Show. In the market for a used car? Stop. Stop looking at used cars and go buy a new Mitsubishi from Jerry's. New Mitsubishis are more fuel efficient and they come with a 100,000 mile warranty. Right now at Jerry's, new Mitsubishi Mirages start from under $10,000. What? A new Mirage hatchback or sedan starting from under $10,000 plus they get 35 miles per gallon city, 41 highway. Visit Jerry's Mitsubishi on Joppa Road and online at Jerry's Mitsubishi. Price plus tax tags and freight. Sale ends July 31st. Welcome back to the batter round. If you are looking for something to do tonight or tomorrow afternoon, I got I got the solution for you, and and I think the weather is going to cooperate a little bit. I, I think most of the rain may be over by about seven seven thirty today. But you might want to bring a poncho. Yeah, but yeah. you know you may. But you can join the Ironbirds. They're in the middle of their Maryland sports weekend, and last night uh, they honored. Hometown hero, the Iron Man, Cal Ripken Jr. He did his little uh, walk around the stadium, slapping hands, sort of like he did when he broke the consecutive game streak. So that was pretty cool. Today, I believe Cal will still be there. I will assume he'll still be there. Plus other members of the 83 World Championship team, along with the World Series trophy, will be there. And then they're going to flip over to football. And I know Sunday is going to be a nice day for baseball. And the World Series, the World Series, the Super Bowl trophy is going to take the place of the World Series trophy. Poe, uh, Ravens cheerleaders will all be out in Aberdeen. And if you want more information, find out all the ongoings or to purchase tickets, you can visit Ironbirds Baseball. 
com. One of the best places to watch a baseball game, and you never know who you're going to see. You could see some future Orioles. Uh, we were talking before the show. Um, my son and I went out there, and we saw Tanner Scott in one of his few appearances, and it happened to be one of the days that uh, Brady Anderson and uh, – and Buck were out there also scouting him. And I, I actually thought that the uh, radar gun was broken um, because Scott was throwing 99 miles per hour. He pitched three innings. He struck out nine batters. He only faced ten. The batter that got on hit a little swinging bunt, um, and it was pretty impressive. And then – you know, we were able to uh, get his game-worn jersey. It was one of these special nights, and he was nice enough to come and sign it for my son. Um, so you get to see some of the guys that you never know, and, and all of a sudden we kept on looking in the in the uh, scorecards like, oh, did he pitch again? Did he pitch again? It's like, oh, no, he's gone. He's moved up, and before you knew it, he was in Bowie, and then he was in the major league. So, uh you know, it's it's a great place to go and, and catch a baseball game. Not a bad seat in the, in, in the entire place. Uh, we're going to get Adam Pohl, uh, the voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, on the line in a minute. But I wanted to ask Brittany something. You know, we've talked so much about Manny Machado. And I have already said this week, Manny Machado is one of the greatest baseball players I've ever seen play the game live. I, you know... The highlight reel that he has playing defense at third base is is as amazing as I've ever seen. And, and I go back to the tail end of Brooks Robinson's career. Yes, I'm that old. Uh, when he was playing for the Orioles. Um, Manny lost a little something for me um, moving the shortstop. Uh I'm not putting the blame on Manny for doing that. I'm not putting the blame. I blame the club a little bit for allowing him to do it. Um, but in the end, maybe they thought that that would help them get a better package for them, for Manny. Uh, but it was special to turn on and and see, even if you didn't see the game, what did Manny do yesterday? Not offensively, because we know what a great offensive player he was, but it took away something, him not being at third base, because defensively he's the best third baseman I've seen since Brooks. But he wasn't my guy. I didn't have a connection with Manny. He wasn't – I know he's done a lot for the community, but he's done a lot for the community with not really being part of the community. Uh, the stuff with FanFest this year rubbed a lot of Oriole fans, including me, the wrong way. You are the face of the franchise. You are the, you are not Adam Jones as the captain, but you are the best player on the team. People want to come. People bought tickets to FanFest to see you and to get an autograph from you because you're that polarizing a player. And people bought tickets to games this season to see to Manny Machado because they knew the trade was coming right, up. Right, right. I mean, that was one of the things. I mean, I was there a, a week ago. I got to see Manny play for the last time. Great, okay. Um, now that he's in L.A., I, I don't care. I, I 
people want to say, well, I wish him well. I don't. I, I don't wish harm, but I don't care. I don't, I don't care if he bats 300 and hits another 20 home runs for the dot. I don't care. I mean, I'm not, I'm not scouring the, the box score every day. How many do? I'm not an L.A. Dodger fan now. I, I, I don't care. Um, it's like for me when Mike Mussina went to the Yankees. He was dead to me. Manny's dead to me. I, I hate to say it like that, but I, I don't care. And he had an, he said all the right things all the way along. the said all the right things. Even the, the thing he published on, I don't know if it was his, what do they do these days, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, whatever it was, whatever he posted. It was very nice. It was very complimentary to uh, the the Oreo organization, to the fans. I'm waiting to see if he does what other uh, athletes have done and pull the full-page ad out in the Baltimore Sun or something like that. But he had an opportunity to really close the book for me, and he chose number eight as a, as a Dodger. Um, maybe not chose, but that was one of the numbers that – they had available and a lot of people are like oh isn't that cool he's honoring cal ripkin he's honoring his roots uh with the baltimore orioles and then he was asked the question well why did you choose number eight and he does it has anything to do with cal ripkin and he said no he said no it has nothing to do with cal ripkin it's because i'm a kobe fan now i get saying that because you're now in la somebody teach manny how to tell white lies because it'll do him well in life and dealing with the media. Manny could have easily come and said, well, you know, partially for, is my respect for Cal Ripken, but I also chose it because Kobe Bryant is my favorite basketball player, and now that I'm L.A., it would be a nice tribute to him. He could have kind of soothed both sides of it. Instead, he just he just cut the cord with the Orioles altogether, in my opinion. For me, I was good with that because as soon as he was traded, I was no longer, you know, hope he does well in his career, great baseball player, but he's not an Oriole anymore. I wish him well in his future endeavors. But right now we're going to talk about some guys that could be future Orioles, and we bring in the voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, Mr. Adam Pohl. Good morning, sir. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, good morning. How are things going? Everything is great. I mean, you know, you got a bunch of new toys to take a look at uh, in Bowie. Uh, you know, it's like all of a sudden you one day you have your roster, and the next day it's like, oh, here's four guys for you. Figure out what to do with them out there. Um, but but you got to look at for the first time. Uh, I believe three of the guys got a chance to be in front of the the media: uh, Dean Kramer, uh, Zach Pop, and. Uh, uh, Mr. Diaz, which is the the right, gem, in, right. gem in all of this, um, mixed results in their first game. You know, Diaz goes one for four, uh, strikes out uh, a couple of times, uh, maybe even three times uh, yesterday. Uh, Zach Pop, who was the one guy that didn't get a lot of pub in all of this, but if you looked at his numbers coming in, he was pretty dominant uh, this year. Uh, with a big arm, uh, he kind of took it on the chin yesterday. But can you give us some of the first impressions that you had of the of the new guys in the Oriole system? You know, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but they're so young. You know? <laughs> uh, it's it's an exciting thing that the average Double A player is 24 years old, and uh, the four players that are coming to Bowie 
are either 21 or 22. Uh, and, and the Bay Sox already have some players uh, that are very talented that are 21 or 22 years old as well. They've got Ryan Mountcastle, Ryan McKenna, Keegan Aiken. Uh, so this is, you know, it, it's good. You, you want to be an organization with a lot of 21 and 22-year-olds that are very talented at double-A. That's, that's a good sign. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them play. Obviously, um, for Eugenio Diaz, I think he was a little bit more accustomed to the spotlight being on him, um, uh, being a guy that got so much money from the Dodgers, and, and that being the case. Um, the other guys, uh, obviously, this is this is a, it's kind of a whirlwind, you know, um, to be in a new organization. Uh, to be thrust into this situation, to be put at the double-A level. Uh, you know, Ryland Bannon is coming to Bowie today. Uh, then you've got Kramer, who will start Sunday. Uh, and uh, and then Pop as well, the right-handed reliever. And, and you're looking at a situation where uh, where Kramer's made one double-A start before, but both Bannon and Pop, you know, are in a spot where they're making their double-A debuts. So, you're, you're, they're not only just trying to get into an organization, there's so much media, there's so much attention, all eyes are on them, but, but not only that, but, but they're going up to the highest level of baseball they've ever played before. So uh, it'll take some time for them to get settled in, and I, to be honest, I wouldn't put much into what happens in the first few outings or games uh, statistically uh, with them. We'd love everybody to, to dominate right out of the gate, but... Uh, no, uh, one thing, uh, if you could send a message down to the clubhouse, can we get Mr. Diaz some uh, black or orange batting gloves? Uh, the, do- <laughs> the Dodger batting gloves didn't look great with the uniform. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's an exciting time, and, and you bring up a great point with, with their age because, you know, when we look down the, the, the Bay Sox roster, I mean, there are, there are guys there that – Oriole fans are excited to see come up to the club and they're, you know, every time we talk on this show or on Glenn Clark radio, or even on, on, on the, the football show where we cover some Orioles comings and goings, you know, guys like Cedric Mullins get spoken sure. about and Ryan Mountcastle is a guy that when we, we talk to uh, Jim Callis, like we did from, from baseball, uh, from MLB pipeline that, you know, has great things to say about him and says he's got a major league bad and they'll figure out where to play him in the field and things like that. Um, he talks about uh, the guys like uh, Keegan Aiken, who I believe last night uh, pitched six really strong innings uh, for mm-hmm. the, for the Bay Sox. What, what, you know, minor leagues, I, I know internally you always want to want to win and things like that, but, Talk a little bit about some of these guys and how far you think that they're away and, and, and some of the things that we may not get to see on a, or hear about on a daily basis from some of these prospects. Well, I think what you're seeing with the Bay Sox in 2018 is that uh, when we look back at it, there will probably be more, uh, more big league ball players from the 2018 Bay Sox than, than a lot of other seasons uh, for this club. You already have a few of them up there right now, and Ryan Meisinger and Paul Fry. But um, but I, I think that uh, right now there's no doubt, if you look at the Orioles organization as a whole, uh, that uh, at the upper levels of the minors, meaning doubling and higher, doubling, triple A, uh, 
the assets are, are largely in outfielders. And the, the Orioles have them in an abundance because you've got Cedric Mullins, who's a dynamic ball player. Uh, I wouldn't call him a prototypical leadoff hitter because he's not a great uh, base percentage kind of guy, uh, but he just keeps getting better. Uh, he hits for more power than you would think. Uh, he is an outstanding defensive center fielder. Uh, he's the kind of guy that just provides a, a major spark to a ball club. And, um, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, when he gets to Baltimore. DJ Stewart is also in AAA Norfolk. Stewart is the only player in Bowie Bay Sox history. And we're talking 26 years uh, that had more than that had 20 plus home runs and 20 plus steals in a season. He's also a guy that can work a walk and has some power and uh, has, has is a really hard worker. It's almost like he plays plays baseball like it's football, if that makes sense. Um, then you've got um, uh, then you go down to Double A and and you've got guys. You know, of course, like Anthony Santander, uh, and who's been in, in Baltimore already. Uh, you've got um, Ryan McKenna, who's come up to the ball club. Um, uh, we and, and the names that we've gone through, Austin Hayes, can be kind of forgotten. But Hayes uh, he just had an incredible 2017. He's had an injury plague year this year, but that doesn't mean that in two or three years he's not going to be a very good major league baseball player. And, uh, and and I would put my money on it. So I, I think there's a lot to be excited about at the upper levels, especially with outfielders. And then in the low levels of the Orioles minor leagues, uh, there seem to be more starting pitching than there's been in a long time. When you got guys like Zach Lowther and Michael Bauman that are in Frederick, uh, D.L. Hall's having a great year, the Orioles' first round pick from 2017 in Delmarva. So there's, there's really a, a newfound depth in the organization. And what I'm talking about are guys that, that are before these trades. So UCLB has, of course, now is one of the top three prospects in the Orioles organization. And uh, boy, I mean, uh, it's going to be fun. And what you're hoping is that in two or three years, these guys aren't just big leaguers, but they're good big leaguers. We're talking with uh, Adam Pohl from uh, he is the voice of the Bowie Bay Sox. And one, one name that you didn't well, – we always get questions about um, because we've heard about him for so long and, and it seems like, unfortunately, the injury bug just, you know, stays on his shoulder. But can you give us an update on Hunter Harvey and, and where where he is in rehab? Is he pitching again? Where Where is he at? So I understand that, that obviously he had a shoulder injury this time, and that's, that's scary. Yes. Um, uh, his issues prior have been with his elbow, uh, which you'd rather have an elbow than a shoulder injury. But uh, he is not, at this point, having surgery. So that is good uh, if this is a rehabable is- uh, issue, and that's uh, what they feel to be the case. Uh, then, obviously, he's missing time, uh, but but uh, but he's on the mat. He's the, he, what I understand, just from reading reports, is, uh, you know, from Steve Molesky and such, is, is that he is doing a throwing program right now. I don't know if that means he'll be back this year or if uh, they're trying to get him ready, go to Instructs, Instructional League or the Arizona Fall League and then uh, come back to Bowie to start 2019. The reality is, and Brandon Klein is, is another example of this Klein, a former second-round pick of the Orioles, now 27 years old and a reliever who's having great success at Bowie. 
is that a lot of guys, when they get hurt like this, they lose stuff. You know, they come back right. and they're not throwing like they used to. And with Harvey early this year prior to this injury, what stood out to me was that he was throwing like he used to. I mean, he, 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 was, he was really throwing hard, and uh, he looked like a guy that had top-of-the-rotation stuff. The, the thing is just he has not been able to develop. You know, I, I always say the minor leagues are there for a reason, right? You know, you're there to pitch, and by pitching, you're getting better. You're honing your craft. You're growing. And in the last three or four years, even though the good thing is that Harvey still has the ability to be what he was before, he has not been able to gain that kind of experience, uh, you know, to be, become a guy that could be a frontline starter in the future. So it'll be very interesting to see. And, of course, the hope is that Harvey can get healthy and, and, and still have that kind of talent. Yeah, no, I mean, look, we we all hope that and we hope that, you know, he can turn the corner sort of like, you know, you know, Bundy got off to a, a rough start in his career and, and you know, he, he, he kind of questioned whether he was ever going to get there. And then, you know, he's, he's had a, he's had some, you know, up and down this year, but he's had success, you know, where, you know, he's a major league pitcher and you know you don't see him going back to the minors again so we hope the same thing for for hunter harvey now this weekend um the bay sox always have tremendous uh uh promotions and you have (laughs) you have some really good ones uh tonight you know we're gonna hopefully weather permitting in this area we'll see what happens but you have a salute to seinfeld night Yes, that is tonight. We're excited for that. Of course, the rain uh, is not cooperating. But uh, we, we've got a Seinfeld night. We've got fireworks following the game. We've got uh, one of the actresses. She was also a writer for the show named Carol Leif, or Leifer, that is, uh, that is going to be at the ballpark and doing a stand-up comedy bit after the game in one of our suites. And then tomorrow is, is uh, uh, our gentleman Scott Bobblehead doll giveaway. So that'll be... At uh, gates open at twelve thirty for a one thirty five start, and uh, hopefully the water, the weather, uh, it looks like it's going to be more cooperative tomorrow. So, uh, so uh, you know, hopefully everybody can can get out there and make it out and uh, make it out. For Scope was a longtime Blue Bay Sock, and uh, you know, one of the great guys that's come up to our organization. Yeah, uh, you know that I was going to mention that it's it's. I guess that goes along with your Oriole Pride uh, giveaways, the the bobblehead giveaway. Is there anything more besides that, or is that just what you call the the Oriole bobblehead nights? The the Oriole exactly. Pride. Exactly, it's Oriole Pride Day. And there then you go. Day. But then, uh, and then with the scope bobblehead being the main thing. But uh, also the crazy thing here too is that we've got Tim Tebow coming to Bowie Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The only trip. For Binghamton to uh, to believe this year. Well, I was that was my next thing. I don't even need to ask you questions anymore. You just go along. I was going to say. I mean, I mean, double A All Star Tim Tebow. You got to throw that in there now. You can't just say Tim That's Tebow. Right. <laughs> you you got to say double A All Star, and he's a guy that uh, you know. Quite frankly, I mean, when you listen, when you know, Tim Tebow is a polarizing figure, um, but he's having a tremendous year to the point where. A lot of Met fans aren't going to be, are probably going to be surprised if they don't see him sometime in <laughs> September with the Major League Club. Uh, you know, you got to put fannies in the seats, and that would certainly 
Uh, you bring him up on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that would put fannies in the seats uh, in New York for sure. So uh, Undoubtedly. You know, T-Bone, watching him play, I got to see him play when the Bayside were in Binghamton earlier this year, and um, you know, he swings and misses a lot. Uh, he he de- the, one of the interesting things is he doesn't have a very good arm. You would expect Tebow, you know, to, to to have a much better arm, but but he doesn't have a very good arm. I mean, he, if you if he wasn't Tim Tebow, you would not think that this guy is going to play major league baseball uh, the, uh, by any means, in my opinion. But with that being said, he's hanging in there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would have thought that he would be a sub two hundred hitter at Double A. You know, he, he's swinging the bat a little bit. He's got a little bit of power. I know he strikes out a ton, but he is a guy that you can tell during batting practice when nobody's around that the teammates, the guys around him, love him. He's one of the guys. You can just tell how he interacts. You can also tell that he's enjoying what he's doing. So all in all, I I think that um, a lot of the frustration of taking an opportunity away from somebody else is just a sideshow. You know, do I think that Tebow is a legitimate major league player? No, but I do think that uh, that it's been a very positive thing for minor league baseball, and um, and he's been a great influence uh, on those around him. Yeah, and let's be honest: if he had a better arm, he wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is funny. But, you know, yeah. it, was, it was a moment. We we uh, we have a our first baseman Adeline Rodriguez was at second. We had a hard ground ball base hit. In the left field, right at Tebow. Tebow gloved the ball. Rodriguez wasn't even at third yet, and and we sit and, and I'm thinking, uh oh, <laughs> Tebow's throw was not even nearly. Well, there, there you he go. Kind of just like puttered in towards the infield, and uh, and and you just think, wow, that's pretty crazy that that uh, that you know you see a guy that was that had so much success. He was an incredible collegiate quarterback and, and played in the NFL. I know he was never known as having a great, strong arm. But, <laughs> but it, it's kind of funny to see to see that uh, he's a guy that you're going to run on in every situation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Adam, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Uh, hopefully the weather sort of uh, uh, clears up for at least a couple hours today. You get the game in tonight, but uh, definitely looks like tomorrow will work out for you. And uh, thanks as always, and I'm sure as uh, – you know this uh, this goes along a little bit more, and we get to see uh, Kramer start on Sunday, and a little bit more from Bannon, Diaz, and Pop. That uh, Stan will have you back real soon. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. There he goes, Adam Pohl, the voice of the Bowie Bay Sox. You can follow Adam uh, at Pohl Adam P O H L Adam on Twitter. Uh, always a uh, a good follow uh, as far as following what's going on for the Bowie Bay Sox. And uh, right now, as far as the Orioles organization goes, there's not a whole bunch, um, not a better place to follow what's going on because of what's just gone through with the Manny Machado situation in that trade and four of those players heading out to Bowie. I think we're going to take our final break. But before we do, I want to remind everybody that if you have not picked up the latest edition of PressBox, you need to do so now. It's a very special double issue celebrating Ray Lewis's journey to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, PressBox spoke to the friends, family members, former teammates, and coaches who knew him the best, and they tell their story 
uh, of the path to his induction to Canton this summer. Uh, Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 different Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, which which includes all 52 interviews of those closest to Ray at PressBoxOnline.com. Go pick that up as soon as possible. It's a terrific issue and a lot of really great stories. You are listening to the bat around. When we come back, we are going to have maybe the greatest thing that has happened concerning the Baltimore Orioles this year for you. So please come on back. This is the bat around. Pressboxonline.com. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. Are you looking for a great deal? Maybe you need that perfect, affordable outfit or clothes for growing kids. Or maybe you're looking for that hard-to-find collectible. Visit Goodwill today. Shop with a mission and find everyday low prices on thousands of items, including brand-name clothing, stylish accessories, shoes, and furniture. Come to Goodwill and see what you can find. When you shop at Goodwill, when you donate to Goodwill, you will help someone find a job. To find a store near you, visit give to goodwill.org. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings weekdays from 11 to 2 and take advantage of their new 15-minute lunch guarantee or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with the 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious B-dubs before you got to get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster Wings Beer Sports available for dine-in orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for details. Matt, we normally come on here and tell everyone, go listen to Section 336 and just to take our advice to go listen to 336. Instead of us telling you why we're awesome, let's have other people tell you why we're awesome. This person says, definitely a bunch of Oriole fans who just want to be able to buy playoff tickets. Section 336 is the greatest Baltimore Orioles podcasts around look forward to listening every week these guys are coconuts and if that's not enough reason to listen they are a great listen if you want orioles talk even during the off season if you're lucky they might even talk about the ravens josh matt and bert are a must listen every week check section 336 out for yourself on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts the latest edition of press box is available now and it's a very special double issue celebrating Ray Lewis's journey to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We spoke to the friends, family members, and former teammates and coaches who knew him best to tell the story of the path to his induction into Canton this summer. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, which includes all 52 interviews with those closest to Ray at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, it's Glenn, and you might not know this, but we actually have a great wrestling podcast. Well, it's an okay wrestling no, podcast. No, 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 don't sell us short, Glenn. This podcast involves the main event, AJ Francis. That means it is the best wrestling yeah, podcast. Just, Look, just, just because you're bigger than us does not mean you're better than us. It does not mean you're the main event. The brains are the one that brings people to the table when it comes to podcasts, so it's me who brings people to job and out. Are you kidding me? Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, you're the worst. Literally the worst. Like, no one has ever tuned in for your opinion. Got real, real, <laughs> real quick. It's jobbing out, Glenn Clark and 
Aaron Oster and AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. He Terp. Every week we're talking pro wrestling. You can find it by going to Jobbing Out on iTunes or SoundCloud or by clicking on the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com. Welcome back to the Bat Around. Final segment of the Bat Around today, and I am still not Stan the Fan Charles, if you haven't figured that out yet. If you're just joining us, uh, we have uh, we talked a little bit about the Boston Red Sox. I know it's a Baltimore-based show, but the Boston Red Sox are in first place by five and a half games in the AL East, and they are the next opponent. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for the Baltimore Orioles. So we talked to Mike Shallon of the New Hampshire Union Leader about uh, all goings on about the Red Sox. We also just finished up speaking to the voice of the Bowie Bay Sox, Adam Pohl, and uh, he took us through uh, you know the excitement that is the uh, four new prospects in the Orioles organization and how happy they are to have. Uh, those guys in Bowie as they start their Orioles career, a uh, little younger than they're used to there. Usually they get 23 and 24-year-olds. They're 21 and 22. Uh, so so that's a good thing. Uh, if you're a Jonathan Scope fan, by the way, you can head out to Baysock game tomorrow and pick up a bobblehead. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. cool Who stuff. wouldn't want a Jonathan Scope bobblehead? I don't know. He may be the next one. I hope I not. Know. I hope really like him. I really like him, you too. Actually, you asked me who would be like the Oriole that I would like right. during one of the breaks. Scope would probably be that Oriole. Yeah, he's he's he has the ability to be special. He was special last year. Rough start to the season this year, but but's really turned it around over the last month or so. And he's a guy that, unfortunately, it would seem that the Orioles are going down a similar path as they did with Manny Machado where they are are not progressing or attempting to sign Jonathan Scope, at least publicly that we know of. Um, I guess with enough effort as most Oriole fans would like them to. Um, my My biggest thing with the whole Manny Machado thing is that the Orioles didn't really try to sign him. And if the Orioles did try to sign him, they didn't do it in a public enough way. And and what I mean by that is I don't I would never fault the Baltimore Orioles if they said, "Look, we've been in negotiation. We put a 7-year, $250 million offer on the table to Manny Machado and they turned us down." I would go back to them and say, Okay, maybe it's going to take $300 million, but that's not an insulting offer. If they come back and, like, say in this offseason, that they tried to sign Jonathan Scope to a five-year, $125 million contract, and I'm just throwing numbers out, um, that may not be enough either, but that's a pretty good offer for a guy that's still a year plus away from being a free agent and Jonathan Scope and his people turn it down I'm no longer mad at the Orioles for not 
signing him. Um, my problem with the Manny Machado thing is that they never, I don't know if they ever really gave a good offer. I'm sure they talked to their people. I'm I don't s- think they could give a good offer, though. Why couldn't they? Because he's worth more than I think they but, could probably afford. But what if they put their best offer on the table and they said, look, I don't know what you're, you know, uh, not to say maybe internally you say, I don't know what he's going to get. He may be a $300 million player. He may be a $400 million player. We don't know. But we're going to offer Manny Machado the most lucrative contract that we can offer him. We can't give him a 10-year $350 million contract offer, but we can offer him five years, $175, 200000000 I don't know what that number is. And if Manny's people and Manny say, hey, I think I'm going to test free agency. Okay, I'm no longer mad at the Baltimore Oriole organization. And maybe they did that. But if they did do that and they didn't use their PR voice to inform the fan base that they did that, they're doing something wrong one way or the other. And I think that they should do the same thing with Jonathan Scope. And if Jonathan Scope doesn't want to be a Baltimore Oriole or thinks he can do better than that on the open market, I think they look to trade Jonathan Scope in this offseason and see what he is worth. Um, because otherwise you're just letting history repeat itself where you're going to have one of the top players in his position become a free agent and you're sort of forced to trade him for 75 cents on the dollar. They could have gotten more for Manny at the start of this season or in the off season than they got right now. Not that I think what they got was bad. I think they did the best that they could do based on the timing. But I don't know that they played their cards properly. To Manny, with Manny, or with their fan base. And that's all I'd like to see them do. I thought a lot of things that Dan Duquette said would make the Oriole fan base very happy, that they're in a rebuilding, that they're going to look more to the international markets. They're not going to trade away their slots as much. Things like that. That's great. It's music to my ears. Now continue that and and try to sign a guy like Jonathan Scope that could be that face. Adam Jones isn't going to be here forever. I don't know if he's going to be here next year. He's a free agent. You know, Chris Davis isn't it. The pitchers that you thought were go- could be, they're not it. Zach Britton's going to be gone. It's going to be completely different. I don't know if any of these young guys are going to you know, we're hopeful, but I don't know if they're going to do it. But one of the good things that the Orioles did do, and it's probably since last August, the best thing that they've done. And it's way late. Oh, agreed with that. It's way late. But in the in the world of better late than never, the Orioles welcomed back Brooks Robinson to the organization in more of a not necessarily on field but he can be the the guy in the community when you have an Orioles event and Brooks Robinson's going to be there people go 
people get excited. This is Mr. Oriole. No, offen- no offense to anybody who's your favorite Oriole ever growing up. Brooks Robinson is the guy. All apologies to Jim Palmer. <laughs> Brooks Robinson's the guy. And Jim Palmer will tell you Brooks Robinson's the guy. And we have some sound. I'm not exactly sure who's doing this interview. It may be Craig Heist. I think he was recording it during a press conference. Maybe it was. But Brooks Robinson, uh, last week, there was announced that he will be a special something or other for the Orioles and, you know, will be around whenever they need him. And two things. It's great that that's happened, and it's great that he's healthy enough because he's gone through some challenges that it has happened, and we're going to listen to that sound right now. Two. I'll be trying to be out in the community maybe and doing uh, some things to try to promote this club and get people to the stadium. I mean, it's a beautiful ballpark, and the Orioles have always been in the trying to get people in and been in the community and doing some things. So I don't know really what my, my job is going to be. I told him, I talked to John Angelos about three weeks ago. We had lunch. And I said, I'll do anything, but I don't want to have to make any decisions about baseball. I mean, I really, that's passed me by, if you want to know the truth. I mean, when you talk about analytics and, and all these other things. And, uh, you know, when I say passed me by, not being able to slide in the second base, can't block home plate. So, anyway. Do you have an official title or it's a Yeah, it's, it's a special advisor to the Orioles. How often so, do you expect to be here, Brooks? I don't, is this... I don't have any set schedule for that. I mean, if the Orioles want me to do something, I'll come down and do it. Don't care about going out on the field much, though. But, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of things. They've been out in the community for a long time, and I'll try to help them there. I might go to spring training. I might do a fantasy camp. might do the big session they have here with the players in January. And uh, so that's really my job, I guess. Brooks, how difficult is this season Well, it's been pretty difficult. I mean, I I always think back to the year when they lost 21 in a row. Well, I was doing television then, and they lost. I was part of that 21 in a row, and it's really strange. But I tell you, every game they lost would get to be a certain point in the game where I would say, this is it. And sure enough, it was it, whether it be Walker guy, make an error. But it was a, a, a crazy situation, and how that team could lose. They had Murray and Ripken, I think. I don't know how you can lose 21 in a row with that team, but we're not, uh, we're, we're, I can't figure this all out. We're, I guess the big thing in this ballpark, you got to score runs, so and we just don't hit, especially with men on base. Brooks, as you pointed out, the game's changed a lot. Yeah. Is it hard to, to, to watch the game where, where, uh, Teams have trouble keeping a Manny Machado, have trouble keeping their stars like you've spent your whole career. Yeah, that's, that's a little tough, but that's the name of the game. Uh, uh, I reached free agency, or when they started the, the free agency, about the year that it came in. You know, I was tied to this team forever, uh, unless they traded me or say, well, we're not going to, you can go. 
and uh, that never happened. So, I mean, I'm happy to see guys get a chance to play somewhere else if uh, if they're not wanted in, in a certain city. But Manny, I know that uh, I think he's done a terrific job with the circumstances like they are and knowing he's probably going to be going, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's it's a little difficult, yeah. What about specifically with Manny? I mean, you and you, know, you and Manny got the chance to meet each other a couple times and, yeah. and talk and stuff, and he really speaks highly of you and vice versa. How tough is it? That you know that he may not be part of the Orioles anymore. Come two weeks from now, well, personally, well, it's tough. I got to know Manny. I presented him a two gold glove at the Rawlings dinner in New York, and we've been, you know, I speak to him uh, quite a bit when I if I come down to the ballpark, and uh, it, it's it's got to be tough on everyone. But but what I think what's tougher is we're waiting to see what happens, you know, with all the guys, and it looks like we just got to have a, a rebuild. And uh, looking at the couple of teams that did that over the last couple of years, they get better. So, and we got to have a, you know, our farm system. Chris, I wanted to ask you about a different third base. Yes. Adrian Beltre is here tonight. Yeah. He's the only guy behind, he's, you're the only guy who's played more games at third base than he has. Yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on his career. Well, he's, he's been amazing, really has. I mean, to, to do the things he's been doing for this long, and I'm happy for him. I remember when he hit what 40 home runs or something that uh, was that with Seattle or the Dodgers and uh, but I'm happy for him and he's a terrific fielder my gosh they've got some good feeling third basemen in the league right now of course uh, the gentleman from Tampa who went somewhere he was a terrific fielder too why is now the right time for you to come on board well just because they asked me more than anything else I mean I had plenty to do I'm as I said, I'm part owner of the York Revolution team in the Atlantic League. I'm president of the Major League Baseball Alumni Association. I get involved with some of their prospects. But, uh, you know, I got a call from John Angelos, and uh, he said, let's talk. So I went and talked to him and worked things out, and, you know, it, I'll see how it goes. I'm not, we're not, it's not set in steel how many years, uh, years I'm going to be here, but I'll see what I can do. How much of that has to do with just the fact that once an Oriole, always an Oriole? And I know there were some some years there where things didn't work out, you know. But but I mean, just the whole idea. You played your whole career here. It's hard well, to, it's hard to get rid of that arm. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be going any place. I mean, we've been here. I came in '55, 1955, and uh, we started. I got married in '60. We've been living here ever since. And uh, so, you know, I'm not going anywhere. So it, it's, it's, it's good. It's fun. I look forward to, you know, getting out in the community and doing some things. Have you discussed any first event that you would do in your new role? Or right here. <laughs> this is the toughest one. No, I'm, I haven't discussed anything. I mean, the Orioles, they do a few things during the year that uh, I'll be involved in. I mean, I won't be here every night. But when they uh, need, they'll call me, and I'll try to help them. Brooks, obviously, your wife wouldn't let you do it. You wouldn't do that unless the health was good. How's the health been? Because I know there were some, you know, some questions a, a couple of years ago. How are you feeling now? Well, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I, not to bother you with all my health issues, but uh, I had prostate cancer. I had eight weeks of radiation. This goes back to eight or nine years, and thank God I had it. You know, because they do CAT scans. They just discovered a tumor on my pancreas. 
So they said, well, come back in five months and uh, we'll see if it's growing. The larger it gets, the more chance to become cancerous. So I said, okay. I went back in five months and they said, well, it's growing pretty rapidly. So what's the next step? Either don't do anything or, or have what they call a Whipple operation, which is a real radical operation. So I had a Whipple and uh, that just knocked the heck out of me. I mean, I was trying to catch up to everything about eight or nine months later. That's how bad it was. But anyway, I'm doing fine now. I like to sit down when I can, but I'm doing good. Fantastic. Chris, I wanted to ask you one other Beltray yes, question, if I could. I don't know how closely you've watched him over the years Beltray. being here. Beltray. Yeah. What, what stands out for you about him as a defender? Well, he just makes the plays at third base. He's, he's tough. I've seen him hit, too, you know, and uh, I don't think I'm going to rub his head, though, when he hits a home run. But uh, anyway, no, I, I really, I, I appreciate him. And, uh, you know, you see guys like Machado playing third, Arenado, uh, Beltre. It's, you know, it's just take a pick. They're the best. You can't get any better. That's the way I look at it. And that was Brooks Robinson. Uh, obviously, that was recorded before the Manny Machado trade, um, as they introduced Brooks as the back into the the fold for the Baltimore Orioles. And it's a good thing. And and like I said, it's a it it's he said it right. He's not going to go on the field. Um, he, he he said he doesn't get all this, uh, you know, baseball has changed. He doesn't get all this analytic stuff. He doesn't get this. You can't slide in the second or home anymore and, and, and things like that. And he'll do everything but make baseball decisions. But any time that they want him, he'll uh, he'll be around. And that's a good thing. And the best part about that was that, that he's in good health and he's, he feels like he's healthy enough to do that. Uh, 81 years old, sounded pretty good, pretty eager to get going. So, uh, Yeah, I think it'll be good for the morale of the ball club, especially. It's never a bad thing. I mean, b- people are – there were people when it happened, they're like, oh, like, you know, I, it doesn't matter why they did it. It doesn't matter why now. Yeah, way too late, took too long to do it, but it's done. And, and having Brooks Robinson associated with – the Baltimore Orioles will never ever be a bad thing. So, you know, good for them. Glad uh, we got to got to hear that. Um, again, want to thank. We have about uh, two minutes left. Thank uh, Mike Shallon for for joining us. Also, Adam Pohl, uh for joining us. If you missed anything, including the uh, Jim Callis uh, interview that we did on Glenn Clark Radio with Kyle uh, with Ko. Um, and myself uh, earlier this week. If you want to know anything um, about the prospects that the uh, Orioles received for uh, Manny Machado, uh, that'll be up uh, later today. You can you can pull that uh, as well as uh, any other part of the show. Um, don't forget that uh, two places to go today um, and tomorrow. Uh, great. Uh, Depending on which side of the state that you're on, uh, head over to Aberdeen. Uh, they are honoring the uh, 83 World Series uh, Baltimore Orioles today and the Super Bowl champion 
um, Baltimore Ravens with uh, the Ravens cheerleaders and the Super Bowl trophy tomorrow. And then uh, out in uh, Bowie, uh, if you want to take a look at uh, some of the the new prospects that the Orioles uh, uh, have in the fold now, uh, tonight is uh, Seinfeld night, if you're a fan of that. I don't know what all they're doing, but they have one of the writers and a very funny uh, comedian coming out. Uh, to talk about her role of writing um, uh, for the show. And then uh, tomorrow, uh, Dean Kramer will make his first appearance for the Bowie Bay Sox. He's only had one other double-A start where he threw seven scoreless innings in the Dodgers organization. He'll have his first start, and it is for the first 1,000 people, Jonathan Scope Bobblehead Day, Oriole Pride Day in Bowie. So, uh you're in a rebuilding mode if you're at the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, it's a great time to go and check out the future of the team, uh, whether it be in Aberdeen or whether it be in Bowie uh, for that. Um, this was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It went quick. Yeah. You, you know it's fun when it went quick. Right. I hope everybody enjoyed everything. Yeah. I, I, I think everybody did. And uh, we've if, if you missed anything and – you follow me on Twitter, you can see everything that we've done, and, and uh, we'll send that out later today. Uh, tomorrow is the last day of four straight days of All KZ All the Time on Press Box Radio, and we will have the <laughs> Fantasy and Reality football show tomorrow. We have uh, Kyle Andrews uh, coming in to uh, let us know uh, what's going on at Ravens training camp today. Again, weather permitting, they are supposed to have a open to the public workout at M&T Bank Stadium, first day in pads for for the Baltimore Ravens as they prepare for their first of five preseason games in the Hall of Fame game. We also have Phil Backard will be joining us, get his thoughts on the Manny Machado trade, get us caught up to date as we start the second half of fantasy baseball season. And then Jeremy Kahn from 105.7 will uh, come in the – talk about all things uh, around the world of sports that's going on this week, including a little bit of NBA trades and things like that. So uh, if you get a chance uh, tomorrow morning, listen to that. Uh, Brittany, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for filling in. No problem. And uh, everybody, enjoy their Saturday. Tiptoe through the raindrops. And uh, you have been listening to the Bat Around. Stan, the fan, Charles, will be back next week. Thanks for listening.